Welcome to Pivot Point. I'm Nathan. And I'm Chris. The podcast where two friends work their way through Tony Robbins' self-help book, Awaken the Giant Within, where every week we talk about how we intend to create lasting change, working our way through the book one chapter a week. We are using this journey as our pivot point to take immediate control of our mental, emotional, physical, and financial destinies. This week, in Chapter 2, we covered decisions, how they are the key of all life's success, and how they empower you to achieve your goals. Let's get to it. All right, so Chapter 2, Decisions, the Pathway to Power. Uh, I went a different way. I have zero notes, and you went a, the other way, <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I wrote a lot more notes for this chapter than the last one. There were a lot of things in this chapter that really kind of hit home big time. I think I actually have more notes about the podcast itself and how we did it than I do about the content of this book. So <laughs> I'm excited to change how we do this, but we'll, we got to keep it going, I guess. That's how we'll get better. Yeah. So what's your first note? What you got? What's important to me right now and what's important to me in the long term? It's the first question I wrote down and I, I actually wrote some things down. Um, and I guess I sort of, I was trying to do it like in the moment, you know, and, and just kind of like pour out right onto the page. But I ended up sort of right. analyzing a little bit as I was writing. And um, my right nows, I wrote as things that will lead into the things that the things I focus on right now will make me the person I want to be in 10 years is the, is the idea that I was going with. So I'll just read what I wrote. Uh, the first one I wrote was maximize family time. Um, the second one I wrote was develop my interpersonal skills, uh, essentially become better at networking or better at developing those kind of relationships. Um, Make time for my wife. Don't tell her. She's third on this list. Make time for <laughs> my hobbies. And then I actually went back and I crossed out my hobbies um, after I read several more pages of the chapter because I needed to make a decision. I don't have time for a hundred hobbies. I don't have time to pick up new hobbies. I need to make a decision. And so I crossed it out and I wrote woodworking. Um, it's the one that I enjoy the most and it's the one that I... I'm going to make a decision today to like move forward with and not be distracted by others. And then my last, so one I think now's a good time to bring up the fact that nobody knows who we are except us. <laughs> so that's a good point. That was a, that was a comment that I got from somebody that said, Hey, uh, I liked it. You obviously need some work on like your conversational, but nobody knows who you are. So, uh, with that, you said work on networking, family, going to give a little intro i guess i i could go first if you're not ready but yeah go ahead uh, so i was hoping you would just take it because i wasn't sure what to say myself but so i am married i have <laughs> two kids they're both nine and twelve uh pretty avid baseball traveling baseball uh fans so we spend a lot of time doing that during the summer and then also uh practicing in the fall so when i discuss time management which it comes up here that uh, that's pretty much what I do. So like when you were talking about spending more time with family, uh, that hit pretty hard when I was doing this as well. So 
Uh, I work full-time for the military and uh, in IT specifically, but uh, that's I don't, I don't know what else to say. So I guess more will come later, but as we start to talk more, but I figured we owed everybody at least some sort of intro. Probably a good idea. Um, yeah. I'm Nathan. I'm 29. I have a wife of 10 years this year and two kids. They are six and four, a girl and a boy. Um, I also do IT full-time um, in the civilian world, and then I am also a member of the military part-time, a uh, weekend soldier, if you will. Um, my kids are not in traveling baseball yet, so <laughs> I don't have uh, quite as many commitments as you do. Um, but I have family that uh, live a couple hours uh, each each way, and so trying to make time to spend you know, to let the kids spend time with those are, are what consumes most of our weekends. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for now. Um, yeah, pretty easy intro. I just, that it was the, we don't know you and the pauses were the two big things that people said was, uh, need to work on. So I've been trying to fill pauses with just jumping in and talking uh, already <laughs> and we're only, uh, five minutes in but we'll just start we'll trying to cut how. each other off that's a yeah, yeah yeah if we could do anything it would be teach people how to not to listen to others so <laughs> yeah so anyways you were talking about how uh things you wanted to do now also uh that would prepare you to for the future i'm assuming you're going off of uh what he wants to do for the next 10 years in your life uh yeah so the other part about. of that question was uh uh, what do you? What's important to me right now, and what's important to me in the long term? Um, and in the long term, uh, my top one is giving back of my time and efforts, and then my second um, goal is teaching, mentoring, and leading. Um, I think if I can focus on those five right now things, the things that are important to me right now, that'll set me up really well in the long term to do those things that I want to do as I get older. Oh yeah. It's a, <laughs> so I didn't take any notes because last time I literally would read like a paragraph and then I would write down a note or I'd, he'd ask a question and I'd write down a note and it was, uh, it got really weird because I, I decided I didn't want to, uh, um, I don't know what you call it. Like I wasn't absorbing any material. I was just answering questions that he had and then giving like the best answer that I could. Almost like I was going through like a, some like sort a of online course. Yeah, like a workbook rather than like trying to, to teach myself something. So I went the opposite and didn't take any notes. And actually I deleted things, meaning I, uh, you know, how we had talked about Salesforce and all the things that they have to offer for veterans. I completely went through and withdrew from everything that I had on there. So I figured out I'm really good at making decisions. It's just that follow-up. So uh, I tried <laughs> to focus more on that. Of I have the decisions already made. I just need to continue with the ones that I should. Yeah. That's interesting. I uh, This is skipping ahead quite a bit in my notes, but uh, you talked about you just mentioned being really good at the decisions and not the follow through. And if you don't want to talk about this, we don't have to. Um, 
we can just cut this right <laughs> out. But I assume you know where I'm going. He talks on page 39. He talks about uh, people going sober and oh. uh, like how that's a decision so I read that, that, that people make. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> and so I actually wrote down a couple of questions like for you about that. Because that was a decision that you made. I was I was deployed when you started that journey. And you text me and said, hey, I started a blog. I started running today, and I'm not going to drink again. And that was it. That was the last time you took a drink. That right. was a decision that you made in a moment. I, I'm sure there were a lot of things leading up to it. But the decision was made in a moment. And you never looked back. Right? Right. Yep. 435 days today. Did you say 435? Yeah, 435. Amazing. So was it an easy decision? No, no. Well, so it's one of those decisions, I think, that when you make it, you, like, it's like, oh, this is the time to make that decision. So I I also thought about it when I was reading this, because I thought, how did I do that so easily? Uh, but it wasn't easy if you, if you kind of get what I'm talking about. So it was an easy one to go, yep, I'm done and then stop drinking. But then on day seven, day 14, day 30, (laughs) day 412, you, you don't stop thinking about it. So, uh, I, 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 when I read that, I often thought like, or I, I thought not often, but if that was the way that people feel like when they're an entrepreneur, like if they've like hey, I'm doing this today. But those second guessing, they don't turn around. Whereas this is one of the points in my life I haven't turned around. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure that they have the exact same, I mean, obviously not the exact same thoughts, but very similar thoughts. Uh, just so exactly like anything else when you make a decision. I, I mean, uh, our listeners right. don't are, don't know this, but I switched jobs a month ago. I left a very secure, very comfortable government job to go work in the civilian world uh, at a place with a lot of a lot of opportunities. But what it brought was a ton of uncertainty. And there have been plenty of moments since I left where I thought, did I make the right decision? Should I go back? And I'm sure you had those those thoughts. Is it worth it? You know, should I keep doing this? Can I take right. another drink and, and still control myself? Do I really need to do this? Those kind of statements. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) You said you had a couple more, a couple more, what questions? Questions. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's going to get kind of like, I, this is not me trying to like go right at you. Um, cause there are probably plenty of decisions in my life that you could go with the same way, but because he (laughs) mentioned it exactly, I, I wrote this down. Why? With the evidence of your own decision-making power, do you struggle to apply that knowledge to other areas of your life? So, it's kind of weird you say that. It's like all this I thought about a lot. Because that's where I I thought, I can make decisions pretty easily. I just always turn around. And I don't know why. Uh, I think one of the, the reasons for, like, sobriety, like that decision was a lot easier to say like I'm on this path and I'm going it's because it has a uh I don't know like it it wasn't just my decision like it was my decision to do it but it was something that my wife and I had talked about like the night before I did it 
So it was one of those, like, we discussed and we talked for, I mean, it was literally like a two-minute conversation. But, uh, and then I decided, like, that's what I have to do. And then that was it. So it's, it is kind of weird to see, like, that was so easy to make that pretty large decision. But yet on other things that are fairly easy, like, hey, should I start listing those online for sale? Or should I go speak publicly somewhere? Those or should easy, I run a I half marathon? Or should I? Yeah, yeah. I, I figured that was going to come in sometime. <laughs> I figured it was going to make uh, its way in. Speaking of decisions. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I know I asked you the question to, like directly about your sobriety, but... You know, it also applies to me because, you know, we were sitting around talking in, I think it was probably April. And uh, I said, you know, we should we should all run a 10K together at the end of the summer. I think that would be a good goal. And because I had just it was probably May because I had just run a 5K and I was looking for something to accomplish. And you yeah. said we should do the half marathon. And in <laughs> 60 seconds, I was on the page, registered and had a receipt. I was done. The decision was yeah. made. And I stuck with I stuck with it for the entire summer. And uh, congratulations to me on Saturday, two days yeah, ago. Well done. Yes, yeah. I, I completed awesome. my first half marathon. I so also was, I was there, and uh, you, I completed you were parking there. my car and saying hi. <laughs> That's what. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was thinking the uh, the same questions that I asked you. I was thinking to myself, why. Why was it that something like a half marathon that took a lot of training, like this was not something that like just happened. I, I had to put in a ton right. of effort to get to this point. Why was it so easy for me to make that decision and stick with it? But the decision to, you know, uh, continue making the toys that I had, uh, uh, albeit a small success selling, but very positive feedback from the people that bought them why is it so difficult right. for me to continue like pushing into that but running the toys a half you're marathon. talking about are the wooden toys uh montessori style wooden toys for that you listed on etsy right yeah so correct yep a couple different styles of toys you listed them on etsy sold what four yeah three four or four or uh i had a couple re i had a repeat buyer um with no she effort had e basically she right? emailed me and yeah i had no advertising no effort they just People found them and bought them. Um, were very happy with them when they got them. Uh, I bought one. It was awesome. My <laughs> nephew still one. plays with it. so <laughs> My kids still do too. So why is it so hard for me so to look at that, that and make uh, a decision to say, I'm going to pour five hours a week into this, and which is nothing. As far as a commitment goes, five hours a week is nothing. I right. watch that many office episodes of The Office every week. <laughs> But and that's one thing that won't go away. So don't take those away. Right. right. <laughs> but at the beginning of the summer, I committed to at least five hours a week. And most weeks it was way more than five hours of running on hard pavement in the sun, in the heat. And I did it every single week. Right. So, so I, let's, I don't have an uh, answer. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> if you think about it, like, so if you take my my uh, my decision to go sober, and your decision to make uh, to run a half marathon, and you really look at like everything that we did uh, up to this point, so we've both uh, succeeded at that decision, right? And then we decided to do it. We took smaller steps, 
Mine was day by day. Yours is, hey, I'm going to do a mile. I'm going to do two. I'm going to do three. I mean, in the, early on, I w- we were running sprints together. So there yeah. were certain things that you had to do to get ready for it. And then, like you said, you spent the hours just exponentially got more and more time. You analyzed everything. That's one thing I, I don't think you mentioned in your intro, but uh, <laughs> a little bit of an analytic so a little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit of a numbers guy sitting through and looking at your splits and everything. Uh, and then during the first, uh, I want to say it was like 50 some days for me, I was doing a daily blog, uh, reflecting on the day. I also was running. It was, uh, near this time. So I was getting ready for the 10 K last year. So, uh, for the same event that you ran the half marathon in this year. So, it is kind of interesting that we were both able to gradually work into it. It was organic. There was nothing pushed. We talked about it a lot, like both of them, when they first started Tons. and then as it went through. So, yeah. so I guess now that weird. you say that, I'm, I'm looking at my notes, and he talks about the four, like the four key factors for, I don't even remember what he calls them, but I wrote them down, and... It's, it's funny that you say that because as you were re, as you were like listing out those steps that we did, his four steps are decide what you want, take action, notice what's working or not, change your approach until you achieve what you want. I know that sounds as it, when I wrote it down, and he says repeat, it, I was like, right? yeah, this is the simplest like steps to success I've ever heard, but that's exactly right. what both of us did. Because right. when I started, I was following a Nike Plus or Nike Run Club plan that I hated. I hated doing all of the stuff in it. It didn't work. And so I found <laughs> something different that I yeah. moderately enjoyed. And that worked. And then I analyzed it and I got rid of the things that didn't work. And that all happened organically. I don't know how to make that happen on purpose. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I, when you started talking about that and, you, and then you said that, I was thinking about me not doing it. So there's a, a good example of having a structured. So I did the Nike run app. I was also planning on the half marathon. Uh, got up to about a month and a half ago. And this was another thing I thought, I thought about while I was reading this. Uh, and it's awesome that we were able to get to it this way. But uh, so about a month and a half ago, I started working with the military because they found out I was taking a medication and now they know I have asthma. And so that's working on like going in through uh, medical reviews and whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. But at that point in my head, I was like, oh, I have asthma. Like I shouldn't be running. So I could tell (laughs) like my runs were like getting like harder and harder to do. And then I knew the PT test was coming up. So then that was getting harder and harder to do. Nothing had changed. Zero. Like two weeks before that, I was running five, six miles easy. And then something mentally clicked. So I don't know if that's something that, that's able for us to like analyze or figure out. But that one thing in my head that was, it didn't even say like I couldn't do it. It wasn't even a part of it. It just, uh, <laughs> it, it instantly affected it. And when, it, when I was watching you guys run in, it clicked in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's what stopped it all. 
was just something like small. And maybe that happens. Maybe that's why you see YouTube channels that stopped in 2017 that have 200,000 subscribers. You know, they there was one comment that clicked in their head and then it was it. I don't know. You got any experiences like that that you could think of? <laughs> yeah, mile 10.5 <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah, like yeah. Because of because I had gotten sick a couple of weeks before the run, I I lost about 2 weeks of training three weeks before the run and so in my plan the furthest distance I had ever run was 10 and a half miles and I I don't know maybe physically I did hit my limit but at mile 10.5 I I realized that this is the furthest I'd ever gone and I I don't know if it was mental or if it was physical I could I honestly couldn't tell you but I know I hit a wall like I've never hit before in my life And it took every single ounce of willpower. It was literally just me running not to be embarrassed because I saw older, older women running past me. I, I had to keep going, but it was a, I think it was a mental thing because I I made it obviously. I don't know, man. Did you make it close to your goal or did you, or did that hit you hard enough that it it affected the goal? I ended up 10 minutes shy. Uh, the goal was 10-minute mile, two hours and 10-minute total time, or t- a little over two hours and 10 minutes. And uh, I finished at 2.18, so I was I guess I was about seven minutes shy of my goal. Um, so. so short of the 20 minutes after you finished the race, and uh, you and I were looking through your splits, and you showed me that, when did you think about that again? When did I think At about all? missing my goal? Yeah, no, no, not necessarily missing the goal, but like that 10 mile mark. Oh, I, I told my wife about it later um, because that was, I, I, it was so Like bizarre. on the ride home? Yeah, I was, I was telling her about it because <laughs> it was, it was literally the most bizarre thing. I, my immediate, my lit, my legs felt like lead weights and it was yeah. exactly at 10 and a half miles and there's no other explanation for it. I, I was cruising up until that point, uh, right on pace at my 10 minute mile, just a little bit under. And, and then it was over at that point. I, I don't have any other explanation except I mentally was too weak to, to, to do what I, I needed to do. I don't know. So what's crazy I, though, I, is you, you really aren't. So that's why, I mean, like, if you really think about it, like you still finished it, right? Like if you did this, like walked off the road at that point then yeah, you're mentally too weak, but it's no different than like me sitting somewhere at a bar and everybody running around with beer and me going, Oh man, I really want one of those right now. But then (laughs) saying like, no, why would I throw all this? Why would I throw those for me? You know, those days or for you, those 10 miles, why would you throw that away? Uh, thinking about it on other goals that I've had and that I've just like, just stopped. I didn't, uh, I don't know how you say like, burn those bridges behind me that I needed to burn. Uh, he uses the, I think it's Napoleon or whoever it is that burns the, the ships. Oh yeah. Is that in this book? I don't know. I'm don't reading a Dale Carnegie book, that. so they kind of <laughs> go back and forth. Yeah. Well, he does talk but it was about basically for an invasion that they, they, this, there was an invasion that happened and then the, the ships behind them 
they burned the ships so that the men knew that there was no turning back. And so uh, that's, it's interesting to see the correlation to that and then not having the ability to do it on other goals. Yeah. I would really like to know, and maybe we'll get into it later in the book, I would really like to know what it is, what it was about that one goal that, that I stuck with. Because there are so many in my life like, yeah, that I don't. I absolutely do not. And we, I think you and I both did a really good job at the beginning of this year. We read uh, John Acuff's book, Finish, and I think we both did really good jobs about setting uh, achievable goals. Um, that was a big portion of that book was was oh, not yeah. setting goals that are out of this world. And I, I don't know about you, but I've hit almost all of them this year. Um, I'm I'm a little shy on the weightlifting, um, but yeah. I, that sort of took a that sort of took a big hit when I decided to do a half marathon through in the middle of the year. Um, but I hit every other goal, and they were they were achievable. They weren't outlandish. Um, right. But I, I, yeah, I, I just hit don't all, know what I hit it is. all of mine, or at least I'm on track as well. So um, the working out one is the one that's gotten hit in the last, like, two months. But, like, his thing is, and everybody else's thing is, just continue to do it, whatever. Like, uh, But I also think we didn't set those in January necessarily. We set those a year ago today, I think. It was very – it wasn't at the beginning of the year. I think we said we would start them at the beginning of the year, but we started much earlier. Yeah. I think you're probably right. It was probably pretty close to this time. It was, yeah. But, uh, so go ahead. No, I didn't have anything to say. I was just filling that, that void. Cause we can't have, oh, silence. okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple other quotes that I wrote down that I thought were really interesting. Um, things that are probably going to end up on sticky notes on my monitor. Um, Decisions, not conditions, determine your destiny. And not deciding how to live is making a decision to be directed by your environment. And that one <laughs> I didn't like because that one really hit me kind of kind of right in the gut. Um, Say that one again. Not deciding how to live is making a decision to be directed by your environment. Oh man. He spends a lot of time talking about that, about how by not make it a by not making a decision to choose your destiny or follow your path or become your best self, whatever, you know, phrase you want to use, you're allowing yourself to be led by the environment around you and be a be a be a uh, what am I trying to think? A product of your environment. That's what I'm trying to say. I've been yeah, that let, a lot. Let somebody else make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. Without, uh, without trying to like spoil my, you know, make it look like I've made a ton of progress just with the book. I've was that for a long time at my job. You know, I was, I loved my job. I loved all of the people there. Um, but I was stagnating pretty heavily. Um, there were not a lot of opportunities to grow. And I was allowing myself to be led by that environment because, as you know, in that environment, it's it's a it's kind of a place of stagnation. Um, you get into a position, and that position is yours forever, and right. you just sort of you just sort of exist there. 
and there's not a lot of growth among a lot of people. There are a few rising stars, you know, there's a few people that really succeed, but they end up leaving eventually. Right. Or getting pretty beat up, and they have to uh, make their own aspirations outside, and then just build it from there. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's the other one. Just getting beat to death on the inside from the the red tape and the nonsense. Right. Um, he talks about. I've got. Uh, there there was a lot of stuff in here that I was just like, oh man, I I could put exact I could put faces to the quotes. Because of all the stuff I was, yeah. On page 35, it's in bold. He says, if you don't set a baseline standard for what you'll accept in your life, you'll find it's easy to slip into behaviors or into attitudes or a quality of life that's far below what you deserve. And I made a note and I said, uh, think of all of the most successful people in your life, the ones everyone perceives as arrogant or self-righteous. Those people set a standard of what they will accept from other people and they took nothing less. And I don't know about you. I'm picturing. It's pretty good. I, I have a couple of people in my head. Um, one of them that right. we used to work for. Uh, kind of important at our base for a little while. And he was a person that took nothing less than the standard that he had set. And a lot of people didn't like him for it. A lot of people really oh, hated yeah. him for it. And ended <laughs> up driving him out because of it. But thinking about that quote, he had a standard of what was good enough, and he never accepted anything less than that. And people thought it was pride. People thought it was arrogance. You can call it whatever you want. But the reality is he was doing those things himself, and he said, if you're not going to at least meet me where I'm at, I'm not gonna, you're not going to be involved in my business. It's an impressive stance to take because it's going to alienate a lot of people. I think he actually said that verbally a couple times. <laughs> he probably did. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. But it's a brave, that's a brave stance to take. Because you're going to alienate a ton of people. A lot. Yeah. You're not going to make friends that way. That's for sure. But right. you will. you will be successful. One way or another. So Dave Ramsey talks about this. I don't know if it's in his books. I, I listened to a speech of his uh, a year or so ago, but he talks about how growing his smaller business uh, when it was a when it was less than let's say fifty people, it was uh, easier. And then after as time goes on, he's not able to accept those things that he did accept at thirty or forty because the I don't know the people that weren't right for the decisions or weren't right for their positions got there and so uh got to that level i guess or were in the equation and even though they might have started with him he was not able to sustain with them and so he talks about dropping people off and basically firing people and how hard it is but uh, he was at a level and wanted to be at a level that he couldn't sustain if that was going to continue to have those people with him it's a pretty interesting thing because it's hard it's really I mean, hard because some of those people are level, going to be your friends. Right? Yeah. And and so I, I think of that, and it's like how many activities. Uh, we'll go back to the sobriety because it's super easy for me to talk about. But 
like how many activities and things that I do that solely involved alcohol? You know, how many things did you did you do that didn't involve running? You know, <laughs> like that. Yeah. And now they involved them. So, or for me, don't involve them. So it's kind of those decisions we made, and we're able to continue with them. I guess it's the the choice of making the next one. And and what I struggled with on this, and I wrote this down before before I even started reading. But I wrote down, uh, I don't know how to act on ideas. Uh, so such as like when to write. Uh, is it, I can't even read my own writing on that next one. But uh, so I just wanted to talk about like, so that like we're, I can make the decisions or you and I, we've done this before, before this podcast, we've said like, hey, we're going to do this idea. And we thought like, hey, buying the URL pushing out, you know, a little bit of content, starting this, you know, whatever, social media accounts, all those different things. Those were the decisions. He talks about acting right away. We acted right away. Um, we've both done it. You did it with your, your wooden Montessori tool, uh, toys. What happened after that? Because it's, uh, to me, I don't know. I can't figure that out. Like, what, I can't what ideas to run with? All of them, probably. Like I, I, I don't know. I. We both had I, and we can talk about you had it. You, ran a successful Kickstarter, uh, on a book that you wrote, a Kickstarter that got funded, and I, I don't know what kind of uh, feedback you got from that, if you got any from the people that that funded it, but either way, it was it was a successfully funded Kickstarter, and it was that's a project that you have dropped completely right? Oh, it's gone. Yeah. I don't even own the URL anymore. I don't think it's out. <laughs> so exactly like, it's, like it's my kind toys. of crazy how that was just dropped. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And in fact, before it was actually fully funded and done, I, or no, sorry, it was fully funded and completely, uh, like ready for me to get money. Like I was just waiting for the money. I actually got, uh, my wife and I got into an argument because I was actually so down on it. Like I was like, oh, it's dumb. Nobody wants it. <laughs> like, I mean, the book was written. So it was already like literally everything I needed to do was done. But she, because yeah, she was building it up. She was like, hey, you know, you should continue to do this. You know, work on volume two while you're waiting on the money and do this. And and, and I was like, ah, oh, it's dumb. Like, I don't, I don't want to do it. Nobody wants to buy it. Uh, it all just happened because of one guy. Uh, and that's a whole different story, but yeah, it's, it was one of those, like I was killing it before it actually was alive, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's exactly how I did my running. I killed it before it was even done. Like, Oh, I'll never be able to do that. And then it wasn't even like an outside. I read some of his stuff and I think about like, he talks about like, well, if people don't agree with you or if somebody's making fun of you or whatever it had nothing to do with any of that that's like a that's a barrier that i don't i actually don't care about so i i'm trying to figure out what barrier is there <laughs> yeah because i read through I, my entire journal or not journal but my like idea book the last couple of days because i've been thinking like okay if it's hard for me to make a decision on an idea like find one and run like run and never turn around like 
make those videos, make those podcasts, make whatever it is, like, just do that. Like, I wanted to come today and, and talk about how I had bought a URL and that's it. Like, that's that was going to be how I was going to relate this entire thing. I didn't. I, I, don't, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and you couldn't possibly <laughs> go no to the idea. one where you've already had success, where you already nope. had people buy it. I didn't even think about it till you said it, actually. Like, <laughs> I, I think I have, like, uh, I, I take that back. I did talk about writing uh, with my wife today because I said something to her about uh, if I wrote a book and it was a New York Times bestseller, like, what do you think the subject would have been? And uh, after a ridiculous answer, she finally answered with, I don't know, self-help, because you read those all the time. So... Uh, <laughs> I guess I got that going for me. And then she also gave me some advice that I should stop reading the book and just do something because that's what they all say. And it was kind of interesting because that's exactly what this chapter talked about was focus on stuff, (laughs) things that mean to you, and then just do them. So pretty exciting. I think you're right, but I think you and I are the same in that if we have a framework to work within we are much more successful i mean you and i have spent i don't even know how many hours hundreds probably defining redefining changing you know uh, tuning processes at work to get them to be foolproof and perfect processes like that's what we are both really good at uh, honestly and so I think when we have that, when someone can just hand us a process, it's much easier for us to find success. It's the same thing with my running. I, I had a, a plan that I followed, and all I had to do was check off a box that I did a thing, and I succeeded. So I'm hoping that this book, over the next you know, 24 chapters, will lay out a really good process for me to follow. I don't know what I'm a child. Yeah, I kind of actually yet. already got a little bit of that because on my uh, jumping back to last week, but uh, when he said like list out all the things you will no longer tolerate or accept, and then you you write out the stuff you aspire to become. On my aspire to become, I really liked it when he started talking about him speaking, and like how he was speaking and getting that experience much quicker than anybody else. And he says his organization, but. Uh, I assume he means like the speaking uh, organization that he was a part of or some sort of brokerage. But when he talks about speaking and teaching, those are two things that I wrote down. And uh, this past week I signed up to, well, you know what Starbase is, but it's a, it's a kid's program at the base or at our Air, Air National Guard base. And uh, it's a DOD, I don't know, can you define it a little better than that or is that about it? It's a DOD Yeah, STEM. it's a DOD. It's a DOD-funded STEM program for local schools. They bus kids in uh, for a five-day curriculum where they teach them about rockets and math and some science stuff and uh, robotics. And then they get a little certificate at the end, and then they go back to school. Uh, it's a really cool program that the kids really love, and it uh, focuses heavily on the inner-city schools, at least in Fort Wayne it does. So they get an opportunity to be exo- exposed to things that they wouldn't normally be exposed to. Yeah, so I was able to speak there. Uh, they, they offer, like, ability to, for people at our base to go speak at their graduations. I spoke at one last year, 
and they sent out today or this past week uh, anybody wants to come speak to it again or or for the first time sign up blah 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 and as soon as i saw it i signed up for two dates because i was like you know what i did one last year i'll do two now and then now i re you know read a little bit more of this and it's like i need to find more places to do that like to get out there and just talk because literally everything that star basic uh represents are all things that i could nerd out on and speak <laughs> for hours so right it's it's kind of like instead of trying to find that business opportunity, I feel like I should start doing more of that. And so when you said like you crossed out hobbies and just wrote woodworking, that's basically what I did this week with everything. I just crossed <laughs> it all out and was like, hey, I'm not going to get a Salesforce certificate. I'm not. Like, And it's not that I can't, it's just, or, or won't spend the time. It's just not what I want to do. Like I'm not right. going to start a website or, or yeah. maybe I will, but it's not this week. Like, that's not what I'm going to do. So I guess most of my decisions were things to not do than <laughs> to actually start. But I feel like that frees up more mental space. And, like, uh, we can go hours of discussion about talking about being here now, like a Ram Dass-style discussion. But yeah. I think that that's more what I'm looking for is to just relax and, and instead of seeking out a business, just wait. Wait for that structure like you talked about to come to me. Yeah. I agree. Well, I've got a couple I more things. I have more that I have a push to talk button than I ever did last week. Right. So I'm it's, not sure what the heck's going on. That's got to be a mental thing. Uh, I have a couple more things in my and notes if we want to talk about them. And then, uh, yeah. And then I don't, if we, we can probably wrap up after that, I don't know. Um, Something I really liked, uh, he says, the three decisions that control your destiny were one, what you focus on, two, uh, what things mean to you, and three, what to do to, to create the results you desire. Um, those are, they sound easy, um, but they're actually pretty difficult, at least for me, is what to focus on, because sometimes I can be like a little bit of a squirrel on the, that that stuff you know this week i'm into photography this week i'm into videography i'm gonna get into woodworking oh, next man. week next week i'm gonna buy a drone <laughs> because i definitely need to be able to do that and then i'm gonna get in a competitive kite flying so well it's they better be high quality yeah obviously with the double strings it, you know yeah. you know me uh yeah so, i saw a kite today that was a stunt kite <laughs> <laughs> Some guy down the road. You were like, I should order gate. one of those. Yeah, I could do actually, that. my my son did, so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, at the number two one, what do things mean to you? I think that's a thing that I would like to work on over the next couple of weeks is being able to make that snap decision in my mind on what things mean to me. Um, in my new in my new role, I have a lot of. I have a lot more work than I ever expected I was going to have, um, which is great because I'm really busy, but uh, I would like to be able to make snap decisions on what things mean to me and outside of work as well, you know, personal things that come up, being able to, and as callous as this sounds, being able to, dis to dismiss things that don't mean anything. You know, if, a, if an event comes up and it's like, oh, it would be really nice if you could be there, but it's not... It's not furthering our personal goal. It's not developing uh, a personal relationship that I want to make become better. And it's not 
providing me time spent with my family, uh, I would like to be able to make the snap decision and have the boldness to tell people no instead of kind of waffling and saying, oh, well, we'll see if we can make it. You know, that kind of that kind of thing. Oh, man, I, I, I just jumps right to the I, I, I put two tabs uh, on this week's content, this week's chapter. And one of them was on uh, a section. This is what he says. On the other hand, people who fail usually make decisions slowly and change their minds quickly, always bouncing back and forth. Just decide. <laughs> so I, I literally like I thought, man, I need to put that on the wall or something because we'll do it at home. I'll do it with my wife. I'll do it with my kids. They're like, Hey, can we go outside later? And I'm always like, ah, we'll see. Like that just means that I don't <laughs> want to make the decision now because yep. what if I feel like being a lazy ass later, you know, like oh, I don't want to go outside. It's like, I need to make that decision now. Like, yep. And it, it just has to happen. Like, and I hope when my wife listens to this, that she's like, she's going to call me out on it. Cause she's pretty good at that. Like she's, She'll she'll keep me humble, I guess. If that's that's how you <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah. But. Well, and my and final the, the my final note was, was a. Oh. oh, you got a note. Oh, go ahead. Okay. We had uh, silence, note. and now we'll just talk over each other. So that's cool. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the notes for next week's episode. <laughs> uh, Niagara syndrome. Uh. This is something that I have definitely. Oh my gosh! Oh my <laughs> right? Gosh. Yeah. Uh, this is this is definitely. I skipped over get... that page because I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> this is definitely something that's going to get printed and put somewhere. I I don't know where yet. Uh, I'll just read the quote out of the book. As a result, they feel out of control. They remain in this unconscious state until one day the sound of raging waters awakens them, and they discover that they're five feet from Niagara Falls in a boat with no oars. At this point, they say, "Oh shoot." I, I've been in that boat a lot. This quote, I don't like. I don't like the idea of Niagara Syndrome. I don't want to think about it. Um, but the reality is, I this is me to a T, and I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person. Um, so I'm definitely... You he know talks funny, about, though? Don't you have it in your, like, in professional... So I thought about this the other day. Uh, when I read that and I, and I read like the wishy-washy stuff, like how many times professionally, cause we worked, uh, right next to each other for those that don't know, like we literally sat like six feet from each other for, <laughs> I don't know, like a year and a half, let's say total. Yeah. Uh, and then other than that, it was virtually that close, um, on different projects or whatever it might be, but uh, professionally we're not that way. No, not at all. So yeah. why is it that I, when I go to work, because I thought of this at work the other day when I was talking to uh, one of the guys, and I said, nope, we're going to do it this way, and we're going to see how it works uh, two weeks from now, and then we'll, I'll make a note, and then we'll talk about it then. And it was like, boom, done. And then it was over. And uh, I thought, holy shit, I don't do this ever. Never. Like, like if I was like, hey, I'm going to work out tomorrow, not tomorrow, today, I'm going to go work out, and then two weeks from now, I'll, I'll reassess my bench press and then uh, be done. That's it. Yeah. I've never done that. Never. Not, not once. So why, what is it that separates our professional lives from our personal lives? Is it lack of stakes? Like, do we not care? Do we have, do we not care about our professional lives? And that's why we're able to do that? 
or is it the opposite? Do we care? I much think it's more? the opposite because you're expected to produce that way. So there are way too many people that are super happy with watching football on Sundays, Netflix on Saturday through Sunday, every night for multiple hours a night. So when you or I told people like, hey, we're going to read one or two books a month. I think yours was two. Mine was one. There's people that haven't read books for 10, 12 years. So yeah. that's a like we I don't know where I was going with that, but like there, it's just easier. It's easier to go like, no, that's what I'm going to do. And then we do it. Yeah. I lost my complete train of thought on that. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I, I I really don't I really don't know. I I don't understand it at all because I am the exact same I was the same you know when we worked together that's how that's exactly how we ran things. You know, we would come up with a process. We're going to do this process for 2 weeks. We will reassess if it doesn't work. We will move forward. You know, we would fail fast, fail forward, get to 90% and launch. That was the whole mentality. I'm the same way in my new job. You know, I've only been there a month, so I spent a lot of time observing. Now that I've been there for about a month, I started to implement little changes. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to shake things up too much right away. But right. but I I didn't ask for anybody's permission at all. I saw an improvement that could be made. I made it all on my own, and I sent emails out, not asking people to comply, but explaining to them how to comply with the new process. And. I would never <laughs> act that way in my personal life ever. And I don't understand why. Why do I feel so adamant? I guess so, I, powerful, I guess is the word. And I'm not. I, I, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm not anybody at work. I'm just a, another person, <laughs> right. like a lowly yes, worker. <laughs> I have no authority right. at all. But I, I do feel like uh, an authority in the decisions that I make because I know they're right but I can't bring that back home with me. And that frustrates me to no end. And that puts me in a continual loop of, I am scared to make a decision because it might be the wrong decision. I think I know that professional decisions will only impact me at work and personal decisions will impact everything. And so I get scared to make those choices but that could also be me like overanalyzing and trying to come up with like a really smart sounding answer. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, they, they have a, they have an effect of what on how like everything's done. So when you were doing like the Montessori's uh, tool or toys, kids toys. Um, and, and when I was writing the book that I did for the Kickstarter thing, that took time away from your kids. And we, you talked about it uh, at the beginning, like, Hey, you want to spend more time with them? So I think there's that fear like, Oh, if I do this, then I absolutely can't have a family, which <laughs> there's been countless amount of entrepreneurs have been like, Hey, we do, you know, if you're doing that, then you're doing it the wrong way or the wrong reasons. Yeah. So, but that's I, I fake just too. A matter of like, like that, because what's that? the time that that's fake too, because the time that I spent working on those toys was Netflix time. It wasn't kid time. Like I worked on that stuff after kids went to bed. So like, but that's an excuse I would use for sure. I would definitely say that, but looking back and like analyzing it from a distance, I know that I didn't work on that stuff until after dinner. And 
you know, at that point in our lives, I would, I was, I would get home from work. We would eat dinner. The kids would go straight to bed because we were eating so late. But so they, I wasn't losing anything. Well, think about what we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we, we intentionally set this up so that it was either post bedtime or just, uh, just before. So it's like just before my kids bedtime. So yeah. I just told him good night, walked in here and I, I missed 30 minutes. Yeah. And I'm sure at one point we have used that as an excuse to not do this. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time for writing, you know, (laughs) like, hey, I'm not going to write because I I, I don't have the time. Yeah. When in reality, that time is just spent watching season two of The Detectorist and you're not. Right. You're not uh, accomplishing anything at all. Which was just released, so... (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to close this up pretty soon because yeah. I gotta go check out Ozark because we have a binge through the rest of that as well. A lot of stuff coming out right now. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, I think my last note is a good way to close out. Uh, possibly, let me know. But here he says, make one or two decisions that you've been putting off. One easy decision and one that's a bit more difficult. Show yourself what you can do right now. Stop. Make at least one clear-cut decision that you've been putting off. Take the first action towards fulfilling it and stick to it. By doing this, you'll be building that muscle that he talks about flexing while we're uh, making constant decisions. So I wrote down on my book, I put a post-it note on the front of it, and I put, I choose now to dot, dot, dot. And then I, I did one, two, and three. Uh, I wrote at the at the top, be healthy. So there's something uh, that's a overarching. It's kind of undefinable, but uh, I need to start working out more on a regular basis and eating correctly. And then also for my mind, I put in meditate. But uh, my main focus for this decision right now will be to work out. I uh, I didn't write an easy one. Um, I did. I couldn't think of Uh-oh. an easy one to make. <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose it, working like out is kind of a cop out because it's already my goal anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I, I was hoping you didn't call me out on that. But, uh. <laughs> uh, I would I would say that like choosing to meditate should be an easy one because it's 15 minutes of my day that I can definitely afford to lose. Um, so maybe I'll just say that. And then next week, if I haven't meditated six times or seven, uh, it'll be six times by the time we talk then call me out. Um, but my heart, my, my decision, and I did it on page 36 when he said, stop, you know, essentially said, before you turn the page, make a decision. I said, I am going to exude positivity. I will suppress my sarcasm. Quote, it could be worse. We'll be replaced with a sincere quote on the bright side. And that's, (laughs) that's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Um, yeah, we have a good one. We have a mutual friend, uh, who is that person? Um, uh, you probably know who I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. And if, since I yeah. spent started spending time with him a couple of years ago, I've always wanted to be that person. And there's no reason not to be. My sarcasm, my my like uh, angle, you know, me choosing to highlight the negative negative stuff. It's not helping anybody. It's certainly not helping me. So. So that's my decision. I'm going to be positive. That's a good one. That's a good one. 
Because yeah. negativity just breeds and it and it festers on itself uh, with other people. I've thought often, yeah, on yeah. how you're about to say something like, "Oh, did you hear what she said?" And then you just like delete it in the little chat because you're like, "I don't, I don't want to." That's just going to make my day worse and right. then make their day worse. Yeah, and it's not helping anybody. It just doesn't. Like you might yeah, get like right? a little internal laugh because you think you're. You know, you're somehow above the fray because of it, but it's not. You're just you're just digging down in the muck like everybody else at that point. So. So that's the decision I made, and I'm. I hope to stick to it. That's my that's my decision, for this chapter. So that's a good one. So I I won't I won't use my be healthy because it's a, it's already a goal. It's already there <laughs> that I wanted to do. So I'll choose one because I said uh, on my aspire to become. My number one on there was a relationship builder, and that's because uh, I don't know what happened or how it happened, or it's, it seems like a slow creep, but I used to be somebody that would like go to a party and like want to learn everybody's name, want to know everybody there, and it just slowly got to the point where it's like I use that negative, negative talk that you're talking about, and I'll say stuff like, I don't need any more friends, like jokingly. Yeah. Uh, but... My number one thing was relationship builder. So my intent this week is to uh, have more meaningful conversations with people and not necessarily uh, just, hey, hello, whatever. I mean, you know, I, we interact. At, at my job, I interact with a lot of people on a day-to-day basis. So uh, building those relationships is, is would help me out in the near, or near, far, and then also help them out in the future. Definitely. Yeah, I'm the same way. I interact with probably I what I don't know, probably 40 or 50 people a day. And so I'm yeah. I'm in the same boat as you are. Me spreading my negative attitude is just yeah, it's it's, just, it's exponential compared to anybody else, you know. So And it's crazy too, like I I, I get we're we're kind of we're going to in and and out here, but like how like when you see somebody with that attitude, how you're it's so easy to be like Dude, man, yeah. she is always a bitch. Yeah, but like it's not, that's not true. Like that. Nope. Like there's also times where like we're doing it too, and it's uh, or or he is a bitch. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not gonna discriminate. There, yeah. there's a lot of we're negative equal opportunity out there. over here. <laughs> equal opportunity negativity. Yeah, definitely. So we got our challenges. We got chapter three, which is I do not know yet. Oh. Chapter three, the force that shapes your life. So that should be pretty interesting. I'm pretty excited. I I thought uh, when we started this that it would be difficult to maintain a weekly discussion on it, maybe. But uh, I think it's it's pretty healthy, and I think we're actually getting better at it. Yeah, so. I think so too. I was I was in the same boat. I thought I was worried that we were going to be able to talk enough, but I mean we were about to hit an hour just on this 20 page chapter. So we're we're actually probably going to have to try to try to start trimming things down a little bit, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. I guess we'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to join in on the conversation on Twitter, be sure to follow at Pivoting Podcast. Have a great week.